Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct-to-video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Ricochet. Ricochet, Nick Stiles, played by Denzel Washington, is a police officer who garners national attention when he takes down mass murderer Earl Talbot Blake, played by John Lithgow. Years later, Stiles is an assistant DA, and Blake is planning his escape from prison to exact his detailed plan for revenge. Screenplay by Stephen E. D'Souza, directed by Russell McCahey, and released on October 4th, 1991. Have you seen Ricochet before? Uh, no, I have not. Me either. Um, I've heard the name, but uh, that's about it. Didn't know I, anything about it. Oh, I remember the carnival scene. Like, I've seen that scene. And I don't know where. Which is the opening of the movie. Yeah. Basically. Which, I... So, the time... I was getting confused with the timeline. Because of how... Within the movie, you mean? Yeah, so it starts off where he's a rookie cop. Nick Stiles, Denzel. And that's supposed to be in 1983. Mm -hmm. And it fast-forwards to 1991. But... It's just whenever they would show, every time they would show Denzel, he's like in a different part in his life. It's like all of a sudden he's the ADA and then all of a sudden he's married and all of a sudden he has like two kids. And I was like, wait, they don't say, you know, five years later or anything like that. It's just kind of like implied that, that a lot of time has gone by. It's not just that. I had troubles with part of the um, the timeline when Blake gets out and starts messing with him. You know, like, um, I mean, when, when we get into, like, the big revenge plot, mm-hmm. it, it's basically that um, Nick is trying to raise money for this youth center. He has a big televised um, charity drive that he's holding within his father's church. And then uh, his colleague who is also working for the government guy named councilman ferris ferris he takes this cash deposit that blake makes ten thousand dollars anonymously um takes that to the bank where blake was waiting for him and and kills him and starts the frame job where he's basically insinuating that ferris committed suicide we should probably stop and say trigger warning for a couple of terrible things Uh, just the way that when he took him hostage i was like my eyes were i don't the the when they started to inject him with drugs and then basically hire like a sex worker to have sex with him so that's uh like sexual assault on Uh him those were that, I don't know, that surprised me. I was like, holy shit. Like, I've never, I, I don't, I mean, I've seen it now because I feel like this was Oz to me. I was like, is this Oz? Because of how, like, overly stylized, like, even with the prison fight. I mean, we're going all over the place, but yep. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot. Uh, um, but I, all I'm trying to say is, like, there's, there's, there's difficult time references within this because like Ferris gets killed he leaves he quote unquote leaves a note mm-hmm. saying that it, it was because of some child pornography stuff that he did with Nick in Florida and then like the 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 actual DA is 
bringing him in and showing him the morning edition of the paper, even though in the movie he only just found out right now that Ferris was dead. So how did the, the newspaper not only know he was dead, but also know about the suicide note referencing this other malicious thing? I mean, obviously the answer could have been Blake did that too. Yeah. It, but there's like other don't. parts in this thing where like just random lines where like Nick is talking to himself while he's still kind of drugged up or I thought maybe just drunk saying like six months have passed since he's seen his wife at the dinner table. And I assumed that meant that she had left him six months ago, but that's not true, I guess. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of weird little stuff there. And like the parole, like it, after what, two to three years he's in parole or has it been longer that Blake is eligible for this hearing? It's, I, I don't... That was eight years... I Okay, let's just, so... Because it's really hard to tell. Yeah, that's where I was like, he, he... Blake basically spent eight years in prison coming up a, with a plan to get back at Denzel. Yeah, but like the eight years isn't like indicated anywhere in the movie, so like I'm agreeing with your point that the timeline is all kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the movie, it makes it seem like it's been like two, two years. years went by or something. Yeah. But because they talk about like stuff that happened in '83, and then at one point in the movie, they're showing stuff that happened in '85, where he's uh, now an assist, you know, trained to be a lawyer, and he's now an assistant DA. This is like a news story that's being done on him. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason this got national attention is because the whole thing was videotaped by some dude at the carnival. I guess in 1983, he had you know the big camcorder and, and tape this shootout that happened yeah and that okay so in 1983 nick styles he's a rookie he's been a police officer for what like six months and he's also a law student which i thought was mm-hmm. interesting and he meets that's where he meets alice who is his now wife like yeah, he, meets they, her at the basketball court. Meets her, th- this is where he's with his friend, too, Odessa, who's Ice-T. Because uh-huh. they're still friendly at that point. Yeah, they grew up together. Odessa became um, a criminal, lifelong criminal drug dealer slash carb stealer, whatever. And uh, Nick is going for the other side of the law, but they're still friends. friends. Or friendly. And so they're, they're having a basketball two-on-two match with Odessa and and R.C., who's, like, the big right-hand man of Odessa, and then it's Nick and and also uh, Larry, his fellow... His partner. ...cop, played by Kevin Pollack. Yeah. So... And Alice is just there Watching, and then they have, like, a little meet-cute, and he's like, that's gonna be my wife. But we... And then, like, 20 minutes later, they're married and have like two kids so I was like okay well I guess they got married but um then the next scene is like that night where they're at the they're patrolling a carnival mm-hmm. where they encounter Earl Blake who's John Lithgow and his accomplice like that little guy Kim Kim and that's when there's something that goes down with. There's like, like something that goes down where Styles some sort of inside job supposedly because he's, he's like a hitman, Earl. I they, don't. I don't even know exactly what the point is. Like, but he he goes into some shady backroom deal that's happening above the carnival and like just mm-hmm. kills everyone that's there. Right. And then as he's trying to escape or whatever, he ends up falling out of the window. And, and gets like he's in the middle of this carnival. Yeah, and, takes and a woman Styles hostage. happens upon him, and that's when Blake takes a, a hostage because he's right near the bathroom. There's like a woman coming out of the bathroom. He takes her, and then they have this standoff, basically. Denzel or Styles, he. I don't know. He just starts to take his clothes off. And he's like, look, I'm throwing my gun away. I'm going to take all my clothes off just so you see that I'm not armed in any way yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there's no other second hitting gun. Yeah. And so he's like, he takes the shirt off and he takes his pants off. And so he's there like in his underwear. Right. And then Blake... And then he puts the gun down. Right. Specifically. Uh, and the deal is that Blake would let the hostage go the hostage go yeah but then blake 
begins to shoot at Styles, but Styles has like a little hidden gun like in the back of his jock strap. Yeah. We find out. And shoots Blake in the knee. And that by yeah, like shooting behind his back. Like he puts his arm behind his back as he reaches for the gun and just like one motion, no yeah. no look. No scope as the kids say. Right. And then the the entire incident is caught on camera, which cause it like it it gets on the news and everyone's like, Oh, look at this fucking hero guy. He's a uh, he got this killer. And then the DA that's when the DA comes to confront him. Well they confront no, congratulate and promote someone to detect. But don't they confront they're like what you did was dangerous and you shouldn't be doing this because you're like a rookie and blah blah. But then they're like, but we like what you did, so now you're promoted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like you and your partner. Like Larry literally was just like on the sideline. Kim. Okay. It's like you and her partner are now detectives. Like you're. <laughs> and then they there's like a montage of them just because they they wear play, they're plain clothes detectives. So there's like a montage of him of Styles and Larry. Like, catching bad guys for, like, five minutes. There's also this part where he's on this TV show called Busted. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, a commentary on, like, the cop like shows cops, that were starting yeah. up around this time and more earnest, like, like cops. Um, or what, but that was such a brief little shot. But it, it basically just, insinu- you know, it shows that Nick and whoever, Larry, have been in the public eye for... A while. Forever. You know, like, everybody, you know... Still knows who he is. Yeah. But that's sort of like where the time jump happens, I guess. Because then we go to Blake's side of the story where he's in prison. And, like, his main goal is just to get out and get back at Styles, And he'll do anything. So he he becomes like affiliated with the Aryan Brotherhood in the prison that he's in. Yes, yeah, somewhat. I mean his cellmate is one is, of them. Okay. Yeah. And then like he He uh, beats the he, shit out he of him. Like, yeah, beats the crap out of him. It's it's played by Jesse Ventura, the wrestler. And so, you know, he manhandles him right away. And then that becomes like another scene where it's like, oh well if you have beef with the Aryans then now we need to battle it out like men in an unsupervised cafeteria with swords that they somehow were able to <laughs> that's create. That's I didn't that's where I was like, yeah, okay, like this is this Oz? Because like this will not happen at all. You would assume it doesn't. And then yeah. it's like the whole thing with the library with the books because like like he was, that was like him recovering from being shot. Yeah, that was like immediately. So right like, and I don't understand what the fuck the point of that was like at all. Like he just took the books from that librarian guy and wraps it around his leg and makes his own like makeshift cast. It's not to... like he's gonna get out anytime soon. He still has to wait for his parole hearing and shit. Right. So like, why do that? I don't know, but I was like. Okay. Other than to <laughs> because show you can't he has, really, like, your knee is like busted. Whatever. It's, and there's some dumb stuff in this movie. I mean, I was like into it until it got like to the revenge part. I was in and out of it, like you know, like the opening scene, like that's a cool scene, but it also gets kind of taken down a peg by the shots that obviously have body doubles in them. Like when John Lithgow gets shot with, you know, in in the knee, the person who's falling is not even close to looking like him. Um, And, you know, other stuff like that, too. And then, like, some of the dialogue is just kind of weird. Like, you know, like, because Denzel's like, you know, I don't want to shoot you. I don't want to deal with this. I'll shoot you if I have to. But, you know, I hate doing paperwork, but I love donuts and, you know. Oh, like just cliched, tropey things that cops say well it's more that Blake's response was now bug off donuts <laughs> when he grabs the when he grabs the hostage yeah some of the stuff he says is like or like know. when when was... when he when he and, and Kim drug Nick right 
Kim says, I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait to look. I'm like, why why is that a why is that in this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I do I just kept on thinking like this is Oz, but Yeah. It's just like over the top. It is over the top. I mean I Action. understand why the ending happened, I guess, to yeah. a degree as well, but I also kind of don't understand it at all. And if he was actually a cop who wanted to prove his innocence, he would do things in a much different way, but we'll probably get to that later. Jesse Ventura gets killed in this Aryan battle with swords. Yeah, um, and then... And, and so now he's, he, he has the Aryans on, their, on his, his side. side yeah, basically. does he become the leader? Because that's what I was I don't assuming. know. They don't really show a whole lot of... They, yeah, they don't explain that. it, but I just assume, because after he killed Jesse Ventura, I was like, oh, he's the leader now? And then when he's at his parole hearing, he has all of his Aryan brotherhood and cellmate yeah. dudes help him out. Yeah, I don't know if that's just to show, hey, I'm, I'm really tough, and by the way, I have this plan to get out of prison, here's how we're going to do it, and yeah. you're going to come along with me. Because, like, the whole point is he needed extra people to help him get out, but he never intended to actually carry them on on the outside to possibly get yeah, himself caught. Yeah, except for Kim. Which is really dumb, in my opinion. Because, like, you see at the very beginning of the movie and throughout this whole thing that Kim will not shut up. Yeah. He runs I, his mouth nonstop. Yeah, and I don't so, know why he keeps him just to He's, like, to the do least what? trustworthy person that you can imagine. Right, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, I thought the parole hearing was cool. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, like just how it like turned just into how like, a shootout. Like, and... Yeah, the shootout happened. I was like, oh, we're. I was like, this is fun. And like someone took a a saw from the, or he was like pretending to be a construction worker or something like that. And then right, he and he saw and someone like. I mean that that. That was a cool scene. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't want it to be like, oh, yay, violence. But shootout. I don't know. I thought but I was that's like That's part of the cracking up. movies, right? Like, this yeah, is, I know. This isn't that far removed from Out for Justice in, in that sense. Yeah. Because Nick is basically a renegade cop, just not to the extreme that Steven Seagal was. He's doing things that are not by the book, like having that jockstrap gun. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that he does to try to go after Blake once he thinks Blake is alive... Uh, because, by the way, when he escapes from prison, Blake also sets it up so that Jesse, who was mm-hmm. one of his accomplices and looks like Ivan Drago, um, <laughs> they switch their dental records, and so he shoots him in the knee, uh, and then, like, drives him off the cliff in the, yeah, the, like sets the truck the that they, truck that they uh, stole, and, and so From the burned. library guy. From the library guy. And, uh, who's also now dead. Yeah. Um. And, uh, everyone pretty everyone much dies. died except for the woman. Like I felt bad for the woman parole hearing person. Yeah. Because uh, she's just screaming. All of the men in the room get shot or killed in some very drastic way. She's screaming, and then that's when Blake. Like they're all dressed up as the parole officers just to get out. Uh-huh. But then Blake shoots pretty much everyone again and then well, that's because poor... it could have completely been avoided too yeah that's yeah. the whole thing like it could have been avoided by just like why shoot the guards at the gate well the, the only reason why it happened is because like the book person says hey remember me yeah 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 and and that caused him to just like shoot instead of saying no i don't know who you are right because they'll be like oh that little crazy library man yeah I, that's when they start, but then he needed that truck anyways to set it on fire. They probably had a different vehicle that they're going to use, okay. but either way. Um, yeah, so the newspapers thinks that Blake is dead because... They matched the teeth they matched records. The, the dental records that had been swapped yeah, previously in the prison. And then also the shot in the knee that Blake had inflicted on Jesse. Um, they're like, oh, it must be him. Yeah. But they don't so, test anything else. But whatever. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a forensic person. I don't know what's <laughs> possible to test. Like, we just looked at the teeth 
in the knee, and then that was it. I mean, it was probably like a charred person. They yeah, were like, I mean, all we have yeah, is I mean, teeth, rec- like dental. Would you have any reason to doubt beyond that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, okay, yeah, and then that's the whole... When Blake gets to... I mean, this is kind of... Well, I don't know. This is probably the next scene. When it's like Styles and his wife are out for some benefit. I can't remember what. But their children are be have a babysitter and Blake comes to the house. And it's then, the telethon. Oh, that's the telethon? Okay. They're at the dad's church. Okay. But I just thought that babysitter, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? The, <laughs> the power goes out in the house, which is something that Blake had done. Yeah. Uh, babysitter calls the mom who's at the church and says hey maybe you should come back because this has just happened um i've called the the people blah 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 uh and so like blake appears as posing as an energy person he's like oh never mind they're here already the false alarm you can go back to your shit but then he they do like a birthday party what was going on? Because yeah, if I was the babysitter in this situation, I'd be like, "Can you just fix it and go?" I don't. Yeah, want you, like, I was like, "Why are they sitting and, like, out and hanging kids? out in the dark?" Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, you're so good with kids." I was like, "This fucking bitch." I don't know. <laughs> I was getting mad at her because I was like, "What the?" I wouldn't even let him in if if I was the babysitter. I think it's the same person who played the babysitter in Curly Sue. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's but, funny. Yeah. Yeah, he drugs her because she's gonna put him to bed. But yeah, he dr- he drops something he, on the table so that she can pick it up and and, and then put, drink and from it and then she, she falls something. asleep and then okay okay because then I was like what the fuck yeah they're sitting in the dark and he they're like singing happy birthday to one of the kids. No, he it's supposed to be his birthday. Oh okay okay but like how did they get to that part where they're like hey know. let's all hang out and have a birthday party? I don't know. But. I was not into that. I was like, I don't know. I was mad at the babysitter. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and then she gets drugged, and then that's when he uh, he puts him to bed. But everything's fine at the point because that's like the beginning of his plan to take down Styles. Like he didn't do anything to the children at all. No. At that point. No, uh-huh. he probably took that video that comes yeah. later. But other than that. Um, so yeah, he, he gives the $10,000 donation from Blake. And before that, he's like listening into other conversations that have taken place. He's basically following Nick around, um, which is kind of weird because, you know, he's a very notorious criminal and he's just walking around. He's at this bar. Like no one recognizes him as Blake. No, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense. And that's when... I mean, so when... Especially near the end. Yeah. When, can, it, so, the movie becomes more unhinged, and so does the logic of the movie. Yeah, when it becomes unhinged, I was like, um, you're losing me. Like, I was into it. The first half, I was into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm into the action scenes that took place. I just yeah. don't... I don't agree with the logic that came along with it. But, um... So... He starts to, Blake starts this whole plan of just taking Styles down. He's doing it little by little. That's when he does what you already said before with his colleague trying to set him up as if he killed himself and then make him look like he's a child molester. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the whole thing is like he's trying to build this youth center. Yeah. And the note basically says. After what we did in Florida, I can't bring myself to do this again. And so he supposedly does it. Um, but really, it's, you know, Blake and, and Kim had hung him up mm-hmm. um, and, and framed the whole scene. framed the whole thing scene. in Styles. For like and then family. obviously took the 10K back that they donated anom- anonymously in order to, to get that set up. Yeah, and then the next... Part of the plan is when they abduct Styles outside of his home. Mm-hmm. And that's when they take him and they do this, uh, 
like arm, arm wrestling. Well, they take yeah, they do the arm wrestling. They take him to this empty swimming pool area, and they do this arm wrestling thing between Blake and Styles, and they're like playing around or whatever. And they take his arm out, and that's when they inject him with drugs, and he's just being injected with drugs daily and you see him like on this bed like I mean, I totally know how long he's out. actually been there that's the thing that's i don't even know was, yeah. it was like a few days but Maybe. then when he comes okay uh, i don't know so then after a few days i don't know they hire like a sex worker to come to this abandoned swimming pool to like have sex with him to videotape him to make it look like he like a sex tape like mm-hmm. he's cheating on his wife but like you can see that he's clearly like totally blacked out gone but he has the audio from some of the other stakeouts yeah. that he splices in to make it sound like he's talking even though if he's you not look at it, but you can if you see, see in not. the video he's like blacked out yeah like just out of it yeah but whatever I was like, holy shit. But, um... So then, after that, they just leave him in the fucking... In the middle of nowhere, and he's, like, already drugged out. We don't know how long he's been in that little area. But he's now, like, a drug addict. Because you kind of see him going through withdrawals. Because he's, like, sweaty, and... I was like, wouldn't you... Wanting I mean, to get help? He's not an addict in the way that he... Like, we never see him actively going for more drugs. I know that, but he's, like, coming off of, like, heroin and yeah. cocaine and stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't you... I mean, he's, like, sweating and... I don't well, know. Like, what when, I just okay. thought... When he is let loose... Yeah. He does go to his supervisors. He does go to... But that's when they start to... Like, he's getting... And, like, he's to- he tells the story. He gets the medical attention. And so, yeah, I mean, he's doing that. It's just gonna take time. Right. But, I don't know. I was just like, you- he needs to... What's shitty heal. about him, right? I don't know. <laughs> like, he just wants to go... But then he's... He's being, like, gaslit because he's telling everyone that Blake's alive and they're like, no, he's dead. But he's like, no, I saw him with my own two fucking eyes and he took me to this abandoned swimming pool and he tries to take everyone to that swimming pool and it's like you know filled and there's people swimming in it mm-hmm. and he's like no I swear to god that this swimming pool was like empty like a week ago or something and everyone just thinks he's crazy now yeah I think that's one of the fatal flaws of the movie honestly it's like you like have this guy don't... who has such huge reputation around mm-hmm. him um, that you don't even consider looking into the these claims at all. Honestly, yeah, yeah, that's when they. That's where I was like, okay, you're kind of losing me because they're just making him seem like he's crazy. Like even the wife, it seems like she like she instantly does not believe him, and the only person who does is his partner. Larry. His partner, yeah. But we don't even really see any interactions with him for a little while longer. Um. Right, and then, because, I mean, there's... It's just, it's, yeah, it's kind of, like, shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, these are cops who are, who should be investigating one of their own, regardless. Because if you think that what what he's saying is true, Mm -hmm. then... Wouldn't you want to look into it? Yeah. But, um, so then, this was the, another thing where I was, like, scratching my head. I don't know. He's on the phone with the doctor... And they say, um, well, you have heroin and cocaine in your system, but we also see that you're tested positive for gonorrhea. And then that's when his wife walks in and hears that. And she's like pissed off. And she's like, and he's like, you gotta believe me. They drug me out. They basically like assault, sexually assaulted him. And he just was, didn't tell that part. To yeah, he everyone. didn't tell that part to her because I mean he was out of it, and and she's like, well, your few inches didn't think the other. I don't know. I was like, what the fuck? Right. So yeah, no one believes them except for Larry, his partner, who they they barely even show 
Kevin Pollock. <laughs> I mean, they do in the beginning, and they yeah, have a good then, relationship like, between that. Like, I liked their interactions. Yeah, but they don't show a lot of it. Yeah, in there's, the there's not enough, honestly, of, of those two together. Um, there's not enough of, like, him with Alice either, honestly. Like, you know, you don't get a great sense of their relationship. Right, it's just husband like. husband and wife. They so, met. They're married, and now they have kids, and now they're just like a basic married couple yeah. that do their own separate shit and don't we, really yeah, give we, a shit about each other's lives anymore or something. We get more scenes with Nick and Councilman Ferris than we do with any of the other two major mm-hmm. characters. And all of the scenes with Ferris is just Ferris saying, you're going to be big, you're going to, like, trying to promote him to, like, get him to run for higher office, which Styles doesn't want to do. But that's like every scene, and there's multiples of those. Anyway, the yeah, so like the the pool thing somehow like the the pool is back in in full effect, and um, so everyone doesn't believe him because of that. Um, there's a bug, you know, like a wire under the table. So when he's like talking to himself, he's Blake is listening to it. Yeah. And then like at some point. Um, it gets he to, gets, like, this shootout where, I mean, Styles and, um... He get How did he... How did Larry. He get, how did... Okay. How did Blake get in to leave the tape for him? I think maybe... I don't know if it was mailed to him or what, or just appeared It just appeared, okay. and I don't remember what Nick did, if he just passed out again? Well, he watched it, and then he, didn't he show? Yeah, but people? he was in the house the whole time, and then all of a sudden he goes back to the couch, and there's like a note on the thing that says "Play me." There, he's like outside of the house, and so he he leaves the tape, which is the video of him with of Blake with the kids, and he has like an axe. Yeah, he's just like talking over their him. heads. Yeah, and so like you know, for some reason, um, even though like I would assume that the wife and kids were not at home. The wife is definitely not at home. Yeah. Um, in fact, he knows that the kids are not at home. But I think it's... He probably... Styles thinks that Blake is probably coming into their home while the kids are sleeping and they're all sleeping. And he's but he runs to... upstairs to check on the kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're not home. And they're not home. And so then he grabs his gun... His hidden gun, and he comes and he runs out of the house in the bathrobe to go protect the kids who are at the rehearsal, which he already knew. We're, okay, were yeah. At the this rehearsal. is when yeah, this is when he he starts to like get out. This is why I was like, he's probably still like drugged up still. I, I guess know. he must have been, but it's, it's so tough to understand because again, when he's like mumbling to himself, right? He's talking about how it's been six months since he's had dinner with his wife, but yet like. They still all live there, because otherwise he wouldn't have fucking lit one upstairs to go check on the kids. To see if they were still alive. Right. I mean, this this is when he starts to spiral, and that's why I was like, he's co- going through, like, withdrawals or something of, like, coming down I thought he from... was just drunk at that point. Oh, I thought he I thought he was, he was just, like, drunk and depressed because he hasn't... Oh. Because like, his family's abandoning him. I thought he was coming down him. from his heroin use that was forced upon him it could have been either one it really could but, because again the timelines are kind of difficult to, to piece together in this way okay and but, then that's when he uh like like uh, but yeah, he, he runs really out with shoot. the robe and and, and this gun, this child's and he just runs into like he just runs to this outdoor park where they're practicing a children's play yeah Obviously leaving the door to his house open. Mm-hmm. Which is really stupid. Um, and that's, again, one of the things that, like, lost me. Like, you should make sure that your house is secure if you're going to leave it. Because guess what? When he comes back, he thinks he has the tape of Blake threatening his kids. But Blake has switched it out with the sex tape. Yeah. And, and he didn't check it before bringing it to the DA to, for proof. Yeah, just making him seem like he's going crazy. And that's when he starts to really, like, talk to himself, like, well, of course, yeah, I mean, she said that, and I, I didn't actually say that, but I did say that, but, you know, and I didn't And everyone's looking at him like, oh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. But, like, and, also, at the same time, like, 
this should be like another thing that that's you would think like... would like prove his innocence in a weird roundabout way because why would he bring an incriminating sex tape to them on purpose but that's why i was getting i was like why couldn't he stay in the hospital for like a certain period of time just sure. to like come down from being drugged up mm-hmm and so he can be a little bit coherent, I guess, to mm-hmm. tell them what's been going. Because everyone just thinks he's, like, now using drugs and maybe, like, drunk. And they don't even, because of what happened with his colleague. And they're just like, okay, this guy's just, like, spiraling and ruining his own life or some shit. And no one believes him. But then the only one that believes him is his partner, Larry. And that's when they get to like the shootout with Blake I forgot how it got to there so Larry found out that the Aryans were uh, okay, to have yeah. fake passports delivered and picked up at this bookstore okay and I so they it. go to the bookstore in advance and able like they're trying to figure out like who ordered them try to confirm it was Blake but they weren't able to anyway they see Kim and then Kim uh, you know Larry chases Kim into the alley where he is then killed by Blake, who's, like, waiting at a fire escape. Yeah, okay, and then Blake shoots him. But then this also made me laugh. I was like, what the fuck? Um, so Styles, so they're down below. Blake is up a, above, like, on some... Like a fire escape Like a fire thing. escape thing, yeah. yeah. And uh, he calls down to Styles. He's like, hi. He styles catch, and he yeah. catches the gun. <laughs> he catches the gun. And I was like, no. <laughs> but I think also another no is like, you know, because Blake's like, ha ha, now you got your fingerprints yeah, on the yeah, murder yeah. weapon and not mine. He he. Like, he yeah, literally yeah. says it almost in that way. That's what, and but then But then, I... like, before Nick runs away from the crime scene, he could have easily wiped the fucking prints off yeah, himself. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, dropped it. And dropped it. But then, now... He... But then he uses that gun to try to get Blake. That's it. I mean, this is like, and then it, it, I would, like, he was, I know Face Off is like after this, but it was like giving me Face Off vibes or something. But, uh. Uh, um, Anyway, like, at this point, Nick has his own. The way that John Lithgow was acting as the villain. But, um, so then it gets to, like, Styles is now desperate. He has a plan. He has, so he gets to his friend Odessa, who he really hasn't spoken to in a while because Odessa is now like this prolific. Yeah, there's like three scenes with him, and like we kind of skipped over the middle one where when he's still trying to build the tower for the community youth, he goes to Odessa and basically says, Hey, confronts him and stuff. Yeah, like just so you know. This tower is off limits to your crew. I don't want to see anyone. Oh, yeah. You know, and he comes in with, like, the fake grenade and, like, threatens him, like, look, I'll blow this entire operation up if you don't want to do what I want to do. And so, again, like, renegade cop with no rules, right? Yeah. Um, but it turns out to be a lighter. But anyway. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, now he's back into Odessa with the wife and the kids. Yeah, yeah. But first he grabs a ton of flares from the, under the sink? He has, like, 30 flares that are just hanging out underneath his kitchen sink. And he's like, hold on. I gotta get these. Here's like and then, like, he goes to his, like, his wife. He's like, do you trust me? All right, we're going here. You, the, where the the wife now trusts now, him? Yeah, now trusts. So, and then... um, Because the wife has seen him, like... my She's just like, my husband's going out of his mind. I don't know what to do. But then, all of a sudden, he's like, okay, trust me. And she's like, okay, I trust you. Right. So then... I have all this Odessa, stuff. And then set Odessa up is like, here, let me take care of you. Like the wife and the kids, they can stay in my uh, drug lab. Yeah, Blake will never think to come here for thing. one, and plus you're protected by muscle. Yeah. And so the wife and kids stay with Odessa and his crew. And then this is where Styles. Um, like, he comes with a plan where as if he is going to kill himself, like, jump off of a building to lure Blake to him. Yeah. 
Which is weird. I, like, I don't know how he knows that's going to work, for one. Like, we, as an audience, see Blake's obsession with the media coverage right. of Nick Styles and how he, like, resents it so much, right? Mm-hmm. But there's nothing in the movie that indicates that Nick has a whiff of that. That yeah, that's part like of Blake's to, personality Because the, they, they come up with this... He comes up with this plan with Odessa, but he doesn't re- know that Blake would really come to him. No. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, and, and honestly, even when that happens... It doesn't really matter. Well, it doesn't matter? Okay. okay. So here's the thing. Like, There's the news scene. Blake and Kim are at this bar like full of, I guess, misfits or whatever. It's Yeah, it's like there's... Basically like um, villainizing the others of the world. Yeah, basically. Because there's small people and... I don't know. Just like... It, it's the kind o- of like... The oddballs yeah, of society or of whatever. S- yeah, it's just... It's kind of like carnivalish too. I was thinking of because yeah. it's like beard, bearded yeah, it's, ladies it's, yeah, or whatever. Like more of like the freak show, if you will. Yeah. Is is the indication, and of course that's where the criminals go. Um, so that was blah. But anyway, like he, so he sees the news footage and basically tells Kim to shut up, and and he goes. So now Blake has been drawn out to in in the public, and and Styles is basically like threatening to jump. He has all the news crews they're alive and like fucking blake just like goes through the police lines and no one stops him he's just like walking around and like sort of yelling up like no you're not supposed to do it this way right and then no one one fucking sees this but except for the guy who's down at the payphone just odessa's lackey who's like yeah he's here yeah but then the guy at the payphone is calling for him. He's like, Blake, Blake, Blake. And no one's listening to this guy call for him saying, hey, Blake, there's a message for you. Right. And he, I don't, I just thought it was it's like, you don't like have, weird. Like the news crews, they know what Blake looks like. Yeah, the yeah, police yeah. who are there, they no. know what Blake looks like or they should. Uh, like he's walking like around like in front of the fucking cameras. He's in the background of shots. And nobody picks up on it. Like, that part's so They don't pick up on it until they get to the towers, and they're like, oh, he's alive. Yeah, but, but like, I don't know. So, anyway. Odessa's gang abducts Kim, and, like... Yeah, at some point, he gets abducted. Blake to them. To the tower, but the (laughs) way that Nick gets to the tower is that he does the scene from White Heat, which was also, like, a callback to earlier in the movie, where he's like, top of the world, man, and, like, he blows up. He blows up the building that he's in with this flare that goes down and, like, triggers explosives. So this building is just fucking gone. I don't know who authorized that because it's, like, full of drugs and stuff. Is that one of Odessa's where he's like, okay, yeah, I'll sacrifice yeah, you, some of my use stuff. my drug lab. To but, like, me. it's full of actual stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. he didn't clear it out ahead of time. But they did build a fire chute that he could jump into if he perfectly chimes the- <laughs> Like, he needs to perfectly time the jump and perfectly time the positioning of the jump to go down this fire chute and be safe from the explosion. Anyway. It's going off the rails. The movie's going off the rails. So he's now at the towers. They keep calling them the Twin Towers. The Watts Towers. They, They definitely keep calling them the Twin Towers near the end. Okay. Well, I did hear that Watts Towers, which that's a real destination in Los Angeles. Okay. But but yeah, it, yeah, it's it could these be like unbuilt a... towers. Yeah. And there's basically like one major spire and then like I I think I saw like two other smaller spires. So there's like that, three it's little It's like an art installation that's like really well known. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I Okay, you don't? Okay. I don't. Well, I'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, like, this is what was going to be the community center. Okay. Right? That, that's, yeah. In the, in the context of the movie, this is what was going to be the community center. Um, and it's unfinished. It's a lot of, you know, scaffolding and but a lot of wires. It's finished, but it's meant to look like that. Okay. <laughs> it's an art installation. Okay. In the context of the movie, again, they don't ever mention art installation. I know that, but so, they just say Watts Towers. Okay. 
I don't know what that is. So, <laughs> okay. So I'll speak to the other people in the world who don't know what that is either. They um, look like unfinished towers. Yeah, but they just, just look like wire frame cones. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, what's his face? Blake gets there and he sees that Nick, uh, no, I'm sorry. He sees that Kim is like basically like tied up and crucified on this building um they have some words and then like blake should just shoots him dead i forget exactly what <laughs> right I'm yeah i mean blake doesn't give a shit about kim and um that's when he he co- goes to styles because styles at the top of one of the towers and that's when they do this plan where odessa's gang is going to electrocute it so Blake himself gets electrocuted. Yeah, which doesn't even which matter didn't fully. Really... It didn't, like, phase him, it seems. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, like, shook around a bit, but then he was like, okay, I'm still gonna come after you. Like, it didn't work. Yeah, and... they, do the, they, they do this callback where it's, you know, like, they do the the arm wrestling bit yeah. again. On the towers. On the is, tower, like, and so Blake gets Nick's arm impaled onto the spire. Yeah. As part of this arm wrestling thing, which I guess, you know, slows him down a tiny little bit. Not really all that much, to be honest. Uh, they're, they're just chasing each other. It's, you know, very cat and mouse. Um, and then, yeah, like they're, they're hooking up the electrics. They do. Nick has like some sort of like repelling, line or like a bungee thing so yeah. he is not going to be affected by it but he gets electrocuted blake does and then like shortly after that he's like he's kind he, of like he, he like slips and falls or something and then he gets fired yeah the, he gets impaled he's too phased really by the electrocuting because they fight a little bit and that's when blake falls and then that's when he's impaled by a spike as he's falling yeah and that's what kills him and I mean, this is also and the like, news people are there too, which is like this. I thought okay, because Styles is just known to be like arrogant. Yeah, because what's really <laughs> like stupid an about arrogant this whole person thing. throughout this entire movie. So he goes to the newscaster, and I thought he was gonna be like, "Hey, you talking about me? Like, let me set this straight." Uh-huh. Like he was gonna tell the truth to the people watching the news. Right. But then he just says, like, no comment and turns off the camera, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. But he does, like, this with a smile on his face, as if he's like, yeah. He's um, getting back at the news who is so quick to judge him. Yeah. Right. Um, But, I don't know, wouldn't you want to clear your name? Well, he did, because he invited the news people there to to see see him kill this guy live yeah but and here's what's kind of dumb about it and again like this is out for justice where you know the movie is more entertaining because of the the action and the one-on-one thing but if this were like a real situation if you knew you were baiting blake to this location have the cops wait for him Mm -hmm. right and have the cops ready and surrounding and then like you see oh he is alive let's get him and now we'll take it from there instead of doing this like dangerous american gladiators you know the wall climb sequence you know like instead of having all that happen but instead odessa's crew is specifically informed to keep the cops out as long as possible but let the news people in just so we can have this intrigue just so we can have this one-on-one battle so Again, logically, it doesn't make any sense at all, because you could easily just tell the cops, hey, look, here he is, he's going to be at this location, he might be at this building, keep an eye out, and clear my name. But no, he doesn't want to clear his name anymore. In terms of, uh, last thing I kind of want to mention really quickly is just the acting in general, because if Denzel Washington wasn't the lead in this movie, I don't think I would have liked it nearly as much as I did. Yeah, I like this is what I think put Denzel Washington like became notable. 
I don't think this is what did it. No. Well, I think (laughs) because he was an Oscar winner already before this happened. Okay, because I this is where I was like, I don't know when I I think I started to know who Denzel Washington was was when he was playing like Malcolm X. Okay, so and yeah, stuff like that. So, yeah, like stuff around that time, like Malcolm X in Philadelphia, is when he probably. I mean, but we're of a different age. But he had won an Oscar before uh, and a Golden Globe for Glory. Okay, so like, I I remember that movie, but I don't remember him in it. And he was in things like Saint Elsewhere and stuff like that too. So he he had been around since like the early eighties. Yeah, it's just but, like I didn't really know who he like yeah, how didn't he didn't know. become like notable at least to me until like when he was like Malcolm X or something like yeah, that. Yeah, around this time. But I didn't know this movie even. If you would have told me like six months ago, uh, you know, like, well, I guess before the podcast started. If you would have told me before the podcast started, you know, can you name the people who starred in Ricochet? I'd be like, no. I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. I just knew that this was a movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ricochet. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, on the on the converse side, having John Lithgow play this villain did not work so well for me. Um, like having him say some of like the grotesque things that he says, or just like some of the, you know, not good the over-the-top things like uh, this sounds weird coming from his mouth uh he's okay this is this is like his first villainous role as far as i'm aware yeah wasn't he oh you didn't see this movie uh footloose wasn't he the father that didn't outlaw dancing <laughs> i don't know but like that's not nearly the same i know level of villain. but he was kind of like <laughs> A dick in that, but he's really good. I mean, I will say that he's a an awesome villain in Dexter as the Trinity Killer. So maybe he like maybe he learned from this experience. Exter- yeah, like to, to because other than that, I just not, know him as like Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> I didn't buy him as menacing in this, and like a lot of like the 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 crude language that came from his mouth, like I'm gonna go fuck your wife, like no. No, John Lithgow, yeah, you are not. Some of the stuff that he said about, like, I'm going to floss. Yeah, I, I floss with your wife's pubic hair. I was like, like I was now. I was, crack- <laughs> I was cracking up at it, but it just it just made me think of, like, this is like Oz lingo. I was like, was this the same writers as the writers of Oz or something? Because it's a lot of those, like, it's No, like it's the cheesy. same writer as Hudson Hawk is what it is. Okay. Yeah. But it's, like, trying to be gross yeah like it's, it's but, trying to be uh more but it makes face. me laugh like if i was like 12 years old watching it i would be laughing i'd be like yeah he's funny i, I was laughing at it too it was but, not super but super now i'm just like laughing at how cheesy yeah. these lines are yeah i bet he shit his pants i can't wait to look that that's not one of Lithgow's lines but still same bug off donuts um <laughs> So yeah, that's that's really all I wanted to also say is just, you know, the acting is best of both worlds. Alright. No awards for this one at all. Um I mean anyway. Denzel did good I like Denzel. Yeah, Denzel was really good. Again, it, it sort of shows like he is a world class actor. Um Oscar winner, like we said, for Glory and also for Training Day. He's been nominated for Cry Freedom, which was before this as well. Malcolm X, Hurricane, Flight. Fences, Roman J. Israel Esquire, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. And again, like, he's one of the few actors that I think can deliver Shakespeare lines well. <laughs> Most of yeah. them are, like, reciting stuff they've memorized and it sounds like it. Not him. Um, Emmy nomination for producing Hank Aaron Chasing the Dream and also Half Past Autumn, The Life and Works of Gordon Parks. Golden Globe winner for Glory, Hurricane, uh, 2016 Cecil B. DeMille Award winner also at the Golden Globes. Spirit Award nominations for producing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Image Award winner for Power, Cry Freedom, Glory, Mississippi, Masala, which is another 1991 movie. Malcolm X, Crimson Tide, Courage Under Fire, Hurricane, Remember the Titans, Training Day, John Q, Antoine Fisher, Great Debaters, Book of Eli, Flight and Fences. There's more that he's done, but you know, he's, he's those were all wins, by the way. Those were all Image Award wins. For him that entire massive list 
going back to the director, Russell Mulcahy, he's an MTV Music nominee for the best director for Duran Duran's Wild Boys video. And he's also a winner for the uh, Music Awards Video Vanguard because he has been doing music videos since 1976 uh, for a lot of notable people such as Elton John, Rod Stewart, Queen, Billy Joel, um, and also smaller acts like Spandau Ballet, Ultravox, The Tubes, and also The Buggles Video Killed the Radio Star video was his. Wait, did he do the She's a Lady song? He did. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's done basically every Tubes video <laughs> that has come out. Uh, he also directed Highlander and also 1991's Highlander to the Quickening. Uh, he did Real McCoy, The Shadow, Resident Evil Extinction, Scorpion King 2, and also did the Teen Wolf TV show as well as the most recent movie from 2023. Uh, and then Stephen E. D'Souza, we've talked about him before because he did Hudson Hawk. Uh, John Lithgow is Earl Talbot Blake, Oscar nominated for Terms of Endearment and World According to Garp, Golden Globe winner for Third Rock from the Sun, and Dexter, nominated for The Crown and The Old Man, Emmy Award winner for Amazing Stories, Third Rock, Dexter, and The Crown, nominated for Perry Mason, My Brother's Keeper, Resting Place, The Day After, uh, Saturn Award winner for The Twilight Zone Movie, and also nominated for Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Raising Cane, Dexter, Pet Cemetery, Razzie nomination for Cliffhanger. Does he play a villain in that? I meant to watch that recently and I never did. Because I just played no. the video game version of the. <laughs> I don't. No. I don't, I don't really know much about John Lithgow. <laughs> well, the the only other two notable roles that are missing from all of those nominations and wins are Harry and the Hazard, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. And Shrek, where he played Lord Farquaad. Uh, he's also in 1991's The Boys and at play in the fields of the Lord. Uh, Odessa was played by Ice-T, but we talked about him at length from New Jack City. Kevin Pollock is Larry Doyle, and he does get some chances to do some of his impressions because he started as a stand-up comic doing, like, William Shatner and Columbo and all these other people, so he did show off that a little bit. He has a Stinker's nomination for The Whole Ten Yards. He's also in 1991's Another You, and he had a, uh, I don't know if this ever got picked up, but he was in six episodes of a TV show called Morton and Hayes in 1991. I feel like I've talked about that. Did we? It was I like him that. and another comedian pretending to be like a Laurel and Hardy type of a Yeah, I've talked act. about that. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't know when, but I remember talking about it. So he did six episodes of that. I don't know how many of them aired. Uh, he was also in Willow, Few Good Men, Usual Suspects. Casino, The Drew Carey Show, Santa Claus 2 and 3, and also Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, we got Lindsay Wagner, who played the DA for a couple scenes here as an Emmy winner and Golden Globe nominee for The Bionic Woman, also in 1991's Fire in the Dark, and a miniseries called To Be the Best. Uh, she's been in The Six Million Dollar Man, The Paper Chase, and a whole bunch of TV movies. Um, and honestly, I mean, that's... That's about it for like notable characters. Councilman Ferris, we've seen briefly in uh, Boys in the Hood. He was the college recruiter that went to go see Ricky. He's also in 1991's Aftermath, The Test of Love, and also episodes of Equal Justice, Who's the Boss and Home Improvement. Um, Jam John Amos as Reverend Styles. Yeah, um, he's, bar he he's just, barely in it. He just did the, uh, the baptism of Styles' kids. Yeah, he's, he's the dad. Um, and yeah, he's in a couple of the scenes at the the fundraiser thing as well. He's in 1991's Clippers, Emmy nominated for Roots, using Good Times, Mary Tyler Moore Show, Maud, uh, Beastmaster, Hunter, Die Hard 2, West Wing, and Coming to America, along with Alice, who was played by Victoria Dillard. Uh, she was in Coming to America as well. Deep Cover, The Best Man, Spin City for 91 episodes, and also Ali. I think that's... Are you talking about Ice-T? No, because we talked about him in New Jack City. All right. Uh, Jesse Ventura was Chowalski, the guy who is killed very quickly. <laughs> uh, he's been Predator, Running Man, Demolition Man. He's in 1991's Tag Team. Uh, WWF wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura. He's a Navy veteran uh, who performed a role that was similar to the Navy SEALs, but the Navy SEALs didn't exist at the time. He's a Vietnam veteran, although he did not see combat in that. Um, and then in 1990, he was 
elected as mayor of Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and then in 1999, he served one term as governor and did not seek re-election. So there we go. On to true crime and pop culture. All right, well, I'm just going to talk about the Watts Towers because I thought you would know what they were. I do not. <laughs> I'm not cultured. I guess so. Um, I just knew about the Watts Towers because I've seen them in other movies and other TV shows, mainly Six Feet Under when Claire goes to visit them with like a friend of hers, I think. So, I mean, I I wanted to go to L.A. to visit them because it just looks really cool to me. And they the Watts Towers... They are also known as the Towers of Simon Rodia or Nuestro Pueblo, which is our town in Spanish. So the Watts Towers was built by an Italian immigrant construction worker. His name is Sabato or Simon or Sam Rodia. And he started to compile them over a period of 33 years. So he started it in 1921 and finished it in 1954. So it's just a lot of, it's like found art, like glass, textiles, whatever. And he made these, there's more to it besides the towers. And the tallest tower is 99 and a half feet tall. The Watts, so in 1990, the Watts Towers became designated as a National Historic Landmark and a California Historic Landmark. And then it is also a Los Angeles Historic Cultural Monument and one of nine folk art sites listed in the National Register of Historic Places in Los Angeles. Huh. I thought you would know about that. I don't know. Uh-uh. All right, well, moving on to... So this movie was released on October 4th, 1991, which was a Friday. And it was released the same day as Suburban Commando, The Man in the Moon, and The Fisher King. And this... So for opening weekend, this was number two at the box office behind Fisher King. Hmm. Yeah, it's not Fisher King's, like, overall debut, but it's, like, the wide release. Yeah. It did okay in the box office. I don't know compared to budget, but... It I was... mean, it grossed to $21 million, Mm-hmm. And like I don't... Yeah, I don't know the budget. I couldn't... I didn't see that, but, I mean... It's number 60 on our list of box office... Right, and then terrible. I also read reviews, and Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert both gave it a thumbs down. Huh. And then they they were also just saying how, because this movie was released a few weeks before Cape Fear, and then they were kind of, once Cape Fear came out, they were comparing the two because they have similar storylines because it's about like a... Revenge, yeah. Revenge plot Con- line. Yeah, convict coming for revenge. And then I think, you know, just Cape Fear just did better so i think after that ricochet didn't do so well but okay so then i'm just gonna talk about what was on tv because we have a tv guide and i found out that there was a two-hour special of 60 minutes on cbs and it was a special commemorating their 23rd year anniversary i don't know why they would celebrate 23 years we made it another year but it was just a look back of their best celebrity interviews and there was there was like 20 people that they showed and they only on i found clips on youtube but it's not all of it it's they're all kind of like broken down and like 10 minute chunks for some reason and not all of it is on youtube but some of the people that were interviewed or just shown again 
were Johnny Carson, Shirley MacLaine, Jackie Gleason, Catherine Hepburn, Shirley Temple, Luciano Pavarotti, Robin Williams, Laurence Olivier, George Burns, Lena Horne, Paul Simon, Aretha Franklin, and Ray Charles. But it just looked like it was just a, a best of. It wasn't like, let's yeah, bring them back. Show. It's just a clip show. But I'm, oh, and then I was also going to talk about the soundtrack. The soundtrack didn't, like, they didn't really release, like, an actual soundtrack. But Ice-T did a song he for did. this called Ricochet. And I was I was looking it up. It didn't do well or anything so I was trying to find if it was like on any of his other albums Ice-T's albums but it wasn't it was like specifically for this movie yeah it wasn't it was fine I just thought it was cool that he did another soundtrack song yeah for this year yeah it didn't didn't chart like Nino's theme no but uh, I mean the soundtrack didn't even chart at all but when I looked up the soundtrack it was mostly all of the uh, score which was what's his face Sylvestri Alan Sylvestri yeah. yeah so we'll move on to rankings and ratings we're on your one to five star scale are you going to put Ricochet I mean I'm going to give this movie a three three yeah I mean it's middle of the road on my zero to four star scale I'm going to say it's a two and a half I mean, I didn't hate it at all. I was entertained. I was confused by some of the the time yeah. jumps. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I wrote down like parole after two to three years. Like, or has more time passed that we don't know about? It's really tough to get a grasp. I mean, I just had to look it up. It, it was eight years that went by. That's what I was confused because yeah, I was like, the only time they mention a year is like nineteen eighty three. And then 1991. And then 1985. I don't know if they ever seen 1991. Oh. We just, like, they so just like, make is this, it... Is it now 1985? But then, like, I saw that he had, like, two kids. I'm like, no, it's not, not, it's yeah. not 1985. So more time passed at some point, but I don't know when or what. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a strange one. Um, every movie's worth watching once. Would you watch it again? Uh, yeah, but not... For a really long time. I mean, yeah. I if it's on like in the background or something, then sure. Like it's it's entertaining. Well, this is yeah. another thing. This is produced by HBO, but it's on Cinemax, which is like really weird and annoying to me. Because I mean, really, HBO gets rid of their own shows, which is so now. confusing. Because it was on HBO like two weeks ago, and then when we watched it, it was on Cinemax. I, I mean, Toy like, Soldiers is off of YouTube already. <laughs> Like, it's, stuff changes so quickly. That's why I always say at the end, like, you know, check your local listings. That just means, like, look it up, because it's going to change. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd watch it again, too. Like, it's not it's not so inoffensive that I would not watch it, but it's not... No, there's better action movies. There's better mindless action movies. If you out there want to watch Ricochet as of this recording in September 2023, it's available on Cinemax, DirecTV, VHS, or DVD, not digital rental. As always, check your local listings. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991moverewind@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instabox, Instabox? Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991. Movie Rewinder. Go to 1991.MovieRewind.com for the full list of movies, long show notes, and more. Next week, we're going to close out the Action Adventure Cop Month with The Last Boy Scout. That's digital rental, VHS, or DVD. We'll see you then.